Welcome to New Horizons podcast, Trailblazers. New Horizons is a national nonprofit that has served men and women with intellectual and developmental disabilities since 1971. We believe that every person is a work in progress and has a story to tell. This podcast will be a place for men and women with diverse backgrounds and unique abilities to share their victories, challenges, and stories with the world. We hope you enjoy. William Shakespeare once said that the meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of life is to give it away. Christina Tate has certainly found her gifts in a career of social work, and we are so fortunate that she has chosen New Horizons as one of the places she gives them away. In today's episode, Christina discusses our family-based residential program and other causes close to her heart. We hope you enjoy. Good afternoon. My name is Christina. I'm currently the family model PC over here at New Horizons. Awesome. Thanks for joining us today, Christina. I know as you're um, you're kind of a a program of one, so so really busy and always always on the move. But do you want to kick things off by talking a little bit about what family based program is at New Horizons? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. As you said, you know, a program of one. There's always something to do. Um, but I kind of describe it to people. It's kind of like adult foster care. It's voluntary. We do not force anybody to live in your home. You to take care of anybody. Um, and it's kind of like raising your own children, your own adult children. You know, you go have fun. You're in the community. Um, when COVID allows us, they do go to the movies. They go to the mall. They partake in our bowling league, um, grocery shop, make meals. They go to the gym just like anybody else, in, you know, your family would. Um, and that's why it's exactly called that, a family model provider. You're providing a family model home for a family individual who's not technically yours giving them the best life they can. So what what are some of the benefits or at least differences between that and some of the uh, the other residential homes and programs we have? Um, some of the bigger differences between like family model and I know supported living is a huge program, you know, with New Horizons as well as many other agencies. Um, and the difference between that is most, most of it is staff. Um, family model providers do have a peak staff just depending on the level of the individual who lives in their home and they are paid by the family model provider. Whereas in the supported living homes, they are New Horizons actual employees. Family model providers are contracted. Um, they don't get like a weekly paycheck or a bi-weekly paycheck. Um, they are paid on their billing. They are paid on the support they provide and they live right in their home. Supported living, staff come in and out like on a regular like 8 to 4, 4 to midnight, 12 to 8, um, you know, how their weekend shifts go, things like that. That is not how family model goes. Family model homes also allow the providers to sleep at night um, like you were in a family. If you were raising your own kids, you're not staying awake all night unless, you know, they're sick, something is going on. In our supported living programs and most supported living programs, um, the staff are awake. They are required to be there on hand at any time if anything was to happen. Should a need arise, they are always awake, always alert, and will be available to help. All the programs have med certified staff. Everybody is first aid and CPR certified. You know, we keep track of all of that at New Horizons. So getting to, to your family, I know you're you're not from from Nashville, we, we make fun of you for saying weird things like pop instead of soda or Coke. But where where did you grow up and, and how, if you want to talk a little bit about how you got into social work to begin with? 
Yes, that is that is accurate. That's very actually quite funny. I'm originally from Niagara Falls, New York, um, right outside Buffalo. You know, a cold, snowy place. And funny you ask that because they are in for like a huge snowstorm this weekend. So I always laugh about that. Um, I do say pop, not soda. I do say sneaker, not tennis shoe, because I'm technically not playing tennis. Um, I don't say buggy. It's a cart because you know when you look at the cart corral, it doesn't say buggy corral. So silly things like that. Um, but I originally got into social work to, to, to work with adolescent um, mental health. My background, which is going to sound kind of scary, is adolescent sex offenders, adolescent mental health. Mm-hmm. Not by any means because I approve of what any type of sex offender is doing. Mine was more on the psychological, on the mental health aspect. How can I help them curb this? How can I help them, I guess, get over it and you like get through it? You know, you never change anybody to a point where they don't have those kind of inklings, those kinds of thoughts, things like that. But I thought, how can I help the, you know, the offender, the offended, and the families of all of these make men, not so they can be best friends, but to help each other understand why this type of type of stuff happens. It's not always a case of, oh, well, parents are neglectful, parents are mean, parents are bad, parents aren't in the home. You know, happen. Um, and that's what I wanted to get into. I wanted to be able to provide therapy, to provide support, and kind of like outlets, um, you know, learning coping skills, learning coping strategies to curb those thoughts of harming themselves or harming others in a way that's not, you know, socially accepted. So that's kind of where I started um, coming to the intellectual adults with disabilities side I lived in Virginia for a while, and it was really hard to get a job in the adolescent field. Most jobs around us paid pretty horribly or somewhere really far. I thought, there's no way I'm doing this, but I want to stay in the social work field. I love people, all people, genuinely, regardless of their ability, their disability, their backgrounds, whatever it is. So I started applying for jobs with adults with intellectual disabilities and thought, hmm, hard to see. Why not? Well, it was a lot harder than I thought it was, not because I can't do it, but because society has a stigma that people with intellectual disabilities and anybody on the spectrum and people who, you know, what society considers normal can and can't do. (laughs) Well, they're way wrong, way wrong. People with intellectual disabilities, developmental disabilities, anybody on the spectrum, anybody with a physical disability can do the same thing we can. We all have a right. We all have a voice. We all have a say. And where there's a will, there's a way. And that is shown in this field every day. No matter what our guys do, no matter what comes at them, no matter what they're facing, no matter what people say, they are here to prove them wrong. And they are very, very good at it. So I discovered this, I guess, love of like, hey, this is where I'm going to stay. This is where I need to be. I'm going to 100% back these guys because they have every right to be in the community, in the library, the bowling alley, I don't know, movies, wherever, you know, they decide to go, just as much as anybody without an ability does. Why not? Who cares if they're stared at? Who cares if they're talked about? Let me be that voice and say, hey, well, Sam, back up. Ask them questions. Talk to them. They're an open book. They'll tell you pretty much what you want to hear, because they, like everybody else, want to be accepted. So that's why I've chosen to stay in this field because they prove people wrong every day. And it's not that I like the satisfaction of saying, ha I told you so. 
but it's nice that they have their own voice and can say, I can do anything you throw at me. I'm going to struggle. I'm going to have a couple setbacks, but I'm going to do it. And that makes their drive and their passion a million times more than anybody who doesn't have a disability. Absolutely. And so, Christina, how long have you been with New Horizons at this point as well? Um, I actually just hit one year with New Horizons on the 6th, so still oh. kind of new. <laughs> mm-hmm. Congrats. Well, we are, we're obviously very lucky to have you, and uh, you're more of a, a veteran there than, than I am. So <laughs> thank so you. <laughs> from you and others. But what I'm, I know that you're obviously very, very active and very passionate about social work in general and just individuals taking charge of their own life and, and really no no undue or really any limitations being put on them. But are there any particular stories of how maybe someone's surprised you or just individuals with disabilities have surprised you in general since you've been a part of New Horizons? Um, I think it's just generally like saying what they want and really following through. Um, I mean, you know, we participated, you know, in Disability Day on the Hill. We participated in Legislative Day on the Hill. And our guys really took a like to say, hey, this is who I am. This is what I want. This is what I need. This is what my staff do. You pay them pennies. They really do care and support us. They are the front line here. Like our DSPs are number one. If we don't have them, we can't support our guys. We don't have a day center. We don't have a supported living program. You know, some of our peak staff, things like that. And they, they are okay fighting for their own rights as they should be. And it's eye-opening because society doesn't think of that. Society doesn't see that because we're so shunned and so shut out and stuck in everyday, our own struggles, you know, now with COVID going on and people losing jobs and things like that. We're not worried about anybody else but ourselves. But these guys are not. These guys are genuinely worried about everybody. They don't understand the difference between them having a disability and somebody who doesn't. They genuinely 100% what's, want what's right for everybody, and they have no shame and no fear in saying that, as we saw at Disability on the Hill and Legislative Day on the Hill. It was amazing. It was. One of the one of my favorite parts of that day is uh, one of the individuals that came with us as a self-advocate when I um, was really reinforcing the idea that he was the boss and the representatives we were meeting with uh, were supposed to report to him, and I think you you might know who I'm talking about. He specifically wanted to talk about the marriage penalty and a few things like mm-hmm. that. But his eyes lit up, so it was it was awesome to see how empowering that that knowledge was for them. And they they killed it, did a, a great job on both of those. Very big, it is. somewhat hectic day. It is, and and it's nice for our guys to be able to get that type of feedback. Like, hey, you're right. You have a voice. You're right. You have a say. Tell me what you want. And for them to rebuttal and like go back and forth and really listen, like as our representatives, you know, things like that who aren't in our field, most of them probably never have been, they genuinely care. And we got to see that. Like, we got to see, and he remembered this guy from both times we went. That's amazing because he, the representative, probably is in contact with hundreds upon hundreds of people daily. But to remember our guys, that's a good impact. That's amazing. It was. One of the things that I love to see, too, is um, particularly with the, the New Horizons volunteers and staff that were there when, when any of the self-advocates would kind of go off script or would even say things that might be a little contrary to the suggested script, that there was no curtailing what they were saying, and it really was just a time for them to share their opinions or perspectives that, um, really without any abridgment from uh, a script, and it was really their time. Um, it was awesome. But Absolutely. Uh, and, and the fact that 
when they didn't understand it or didn't make sense, they didn't ask us what they said. They went right back to our guys and said, hey, slow that down a little bit. Tell me one more time what you're saying rather than relying on us. It was. I, That's I, great. I was really I was impressed by a lot of the, the representatives and how, how they yes. they acted in those those meetings for sure. So I know you're just you're a hundred miles an hour kind of person in general. So you're obviously really busy with New Horizons, but you're you're involved in the community in a lot of the other in a lot of other ways also. Do you want to talk about any of those roles that you serve in? Um, sure. I've always been um a big volunteer for Special Olympics. Um obviously coming from New York State. I don't know if all Special Olympic events are the same, but I've done the torch relay, you know, with our police department um, to raise money, obviously, for Special Olympics. I've done the polar plunge, a real polar plunge, in December when it's minus 30 out. You know, I've gotten in the lake. may not have been my best decision of my life, but the fact that so many Special Olympic participants showed up, their families, it makes it better because they know that money stays with them. Um, I've repelled off of our casino. Again, wasn't the best decision I've ever made, but the outcome and see, again, seeing our guys there was absolutely amazing. Um, I also, a couple of years ago, became a national kidney coach um, for the National Kidney Foundation. My sister is a two-time um, kidney transplant recipient. I was the second donor for her. So I thought, hmm, if I'm going to be a living donor, I might as well be an advocate. So I do a lot of, like, talking with people over social media, emails, you know, phone calls, things like that about what it's like to be a donor. I still am considered the youngest living donor from New York State. Um, talking about, oh, like, my sister's struggles. I was right before my 21st birthday. So so pretty young, but not young enough uh, or not super young. So I talk a lot about that and what it means to, like, share, you know, organs, tissue, eye donation, things like that. Because people freak out about it. And it is pretty scary. You know, you don't have to just be deceased to do this. It's not like they're tearing up your body. It's very intimate with the family. It's very intimate with the donor family. Um, so I do speak a lot about that. It's very near and dear, you know, to us. I mean, my sister's alive because of this. Um, so it's super important to me that I share my story. I share, you know, my sister's story. I share, you know, my family's story um, with people so that they can have an awareness. They can have a realization that, you can still be alive and donate a kidney. You know, you can donate part of your liver, you know, things like that. And it's not very evasive like it was many, many years ago. I have very little scars, um, nothing huge. I'm not cut from side to side like most people think. So it's more about that, like being in the community and raising awareness that, again, you don't have to be deceased to be an organ donor. Um, just putting that little heart, you know, on your license, you know, things like that. A lot of people are interested in getting involved. And in fact, one of the first things that attracted me to, to New Horizons when I was applying was just the, the family team atmosphere. And uh, I guess the idea, as Teddy Roosevelt said, one of my favorite quotes is that far and away, the greatest gift in life is the ability to work hard at work worth doing. And I think a lot of people would love to be involved in, in missions where they are doing work worth doing, like the, the opportunities you've discussed. So is there any advice you have for people um, that might be interested in volunteering, but don't know really where to start and of course, maybe ways that they could help out at New Horizons? Sure. My advice for anything is jump right in. You know, the old cliche phrases, you know, no stupid question or no question is a stupid question. And it's so true. If you don't know, you don't know. I mean, I'm a social worker. I'm a licensed clinical social worker. But if you talk to me about teaching and cars, no idea until you ask. Mm -hmm. um, so reach out. You know, if you're like, hey, I want to volunteer with children in a daycare, 
reach out to your local daycare. Hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. You know, any volunteer opportunities? Can you hook me up with somebody? Um, you know, and, and to make those contacts. Um, having a contact for pretty much everything and anything is so, so, so important these days. Somebody knows somebody everywhere, and that's what you need. You know, you just need to get your foot in the door and be persistent. If you back up and don't follow up with an email, don't follow up with a text message or a phone call, they're going to brush you off because they're going to think that you don't want it. Um, as far as volunteering with New Horizons, I mean, other than COVID, you know, we have we have volunteer opportunities. We just did um, our big clay shoe, you know, right now is the big payback. Um, any type of things that we're doing out in the community, our guys volunteer at MAST, you know, bringing things in like that. Um, I know at one point we talked about social work interns. Um, that's a huge opportunity for volunteering um, we do have PTs that work with us, OTs, things like that. They're contracted in, but they would always take an intern, you know. So it's just that simple phone call or just that text message, that email. Hey, I'm interested in getting, you know, working with PT with adults. You know, do you have a contact there? Can you set me up? You know, things like that. But again, if you're not persistent and you're not willing to follow through or even make that initial initial call, you're not going to get anywhere. Um, I don't have a problem public speaking. I don't have a problem going up to people and saying, hey what's the deal? But some people do. Um, so sometimes it's really just asking like the buddy system, Hey, can you go with me? Or, Hey, you know, can you call with me? You know, having some kind of support things like that, because getting into something that you don't know can be very scary. And we don't want people to fail. We want people to be, to feel valued. We want them to feel like they're in a good place. Absolutely. And one of the things that I love about new horizons and it's been fun while I've been a part of the team this short time too, is that, um, Really, I think if, if you have a volunteer idea or if anyone's listening and maybe is curious about if us getting involved in Special Olympics like you were talking about earlier and would like to be a, a basketball coach or involved in some way or have a creative idea for how they would want to, to volunteer or do something, really, I love that New Horizons and, and our staff and Josh is pretty open to, to creative ideas and anything that will add to the fun or just improve the, the lives of the individuals we serve. Anyone at home, if you have a creative idea or would like to intern or anything to, to please, please reach out. Absolutely. And, and that builds such good community connections because our volunteers coming in may know somebody who has another volunteer opportunity for our guys or another job opportunity for our guys. I mean, we have several who work in the community that could open up a million doors for our guys here at New Horizons. So one of the last questions before I, I let you go is, more, more broad, but is there anything in particular that you would like to see happen at New Horizons? We're undergoing a lot of transformation at the time and really trying to rebrand and rethink how we do things. Is there any idea or any area you'd like to see grow? I think I'd just like to see it all put together. You know, I mean, we're on a good path. You know, we have a lot of things in place, and then COVID hit us. So now we've kind of been delayed. So I think, you know, starting all of this back up once we can be back in the office and have our day center going and have our guys back to work and in the community, things like that. I think everything that we had in place will again fall in place and we'll be able to continue to add, um, you know, we're looking at adding the educational program. We're looking at getting into the technology program. So hopefully these are things that we can continue to do that we started, but we're unfortunately put on pause. So I think we're on a good path. We just have to wait until we can actually get back into our work. Hopefully, once everything does open back up and we can get karaoke day and the events and the day center and the more fun aspects of New Horizons going as well, we can get some, some new interns and volunteers and hopefully some Christina caliber volunteers to, to come and, and join our mission. Absolutely. I'm all for it. Let's do this.
Absolutely. Well, Christina, I appreciate you, you taking time out of a busy day. I know we've got the big payback going going on today as well that, that you've been helping a lot with. But I appreciate you coming on and, and joining our, our podcast. All right. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for the call. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed today's episode with Christina. If you'd like to learn more about volunteering at New Horizons or more about the other opportunities Christina mentioned, please visit our website or email us at podcast at newhorizonsls.org. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for next week's episode.